Hey guys, this is Shiraz Yusuf, uh, Video Games Industry People. Once again, talking to someone else involved in the video games industry. Today it's Jing Tan. She writes music and develops and uh, has some really uh, interesting stuff to say. So give it a good listen. Working in conjunction with Game Dev Heroes, um, that's what I'm doing on the podcast now, is I've got um, a little partnership going. And uh, if you go to their website, gamedevheroes.co, you can read some uh, all, all sorts of interesting stuff about developers uh, telling their stories from the games industry. But for now, I will go straight over to the cast with Jin Tan. So I'm here with Jin Tan. That's that right? Yeah, that's right. There you go, isn't it? I feel that right. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like I feel like in my head it's Jang Ting, but it's Jing. Jing Tan. Jing Tan. Yeah, some people call me Ying for some reason. Ying. Yeah. That's weird. Um, but uh, so you've got loads of different titles. You, you do music, you program, um, you, you do art as well. Yeah, but I, try, I like to, I just really like many different things and I like to integrate different ideas. I okay. think that's why games development attracted me so much. It's just because I really can't find anywhere else where I can combine my interest in programming, okay. math, art and music. Okay. And literally everything is useful knowledge, like history and architecture. Yes. So which, which one did you start mm. first? What was your first kind of love or your first career move? Oh, it was in classical music, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, th- I think I started when I was like about four or five years old with classical piano. Ah. And I still really enjoy playing the piano. So I've been playing the piano for, I would say, almost 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. So you, you were, where were you brought up as a child? What, what, which country? In China. Oh, it was in China. So yeah. because that's quite that's quite um, typical that parents get kids into like a classical piece yeah. of uh, instrument very quickly in life. Yeah, I think piano is really popular in China. Okay. But I personally, I really enjoyed it, even when I was because I always had a piano at home and I showed an interest at it, even when I was a little child. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it wasn't forced or anything because I know there are some of my friends, their parents forced them to study piano and classical music. Yes. <laughs> I didn't really like it. But you, you naturally took to it. Yeah. And to be, uh, yeah, to be honest, I studied classical music for a long time, but gradually I gravitated towards producing electronic music. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a very, so a very, very perfectionist piano teacher who was really demanding of me. Oh, and wow. that point, I think at one point of my life, I kind of felt like I, as a child, I literally had no life apart from classical piano. Really? Yeah. Up until what sort of age? I think around about 12 or 13. Okay. And that felt a bit suffocating. And at the time I got into my first band in school and it was a little bit rebellious. <laughs> really? Yeah. So this was like um, an electronic band, was it? Oh yeah, it's an electronic band. Okay. So we, yeah, so we both studied, we both studied classical piano in our degree and we, and the three of us just rebelled and started writing our first songs. Oh, right. Yeah. So then did, like, you do, did you do much yeah. live, live stuff, live performance? Yeah, I did. So uh, in China, I well, I kind of just performed in school at the time because we are just children really young. And yeah. when I moved over to London, I found a new band. Okay. So I've been involved with two bands and also a virtual band. Uh, 
with my bandmates being Polish, so we've never met in real life, but we've published an album online, and that has worked as a fashion musician and performed uh, around London, and also with do you know Jimmy Callum? Jimmy Callum. Uh, yeah. No, no, I don't. Yeah, so he's a winner of the BBC Jazz Awards. So he okay. does a lot of jazz pop music. Right. So yeah. you, you were. What's your relationship with Jimmy Callum? I'm a jazz fashion musician. Okay, but you were yeah. you were playing with him. Yes. Oh wow! In the in the Roundhouse Festival. The Roundhouse Festival. Where's where's that? Is that in London? Yeah, if you look up, I think Camden. Okay. Yeah, I... they hold a lot of events there. Ah mm. right, I don't know much about about jazz music. So this mm. when was this? You were doing doing that with the Jimmy Callum stuff. About a few years ago, three four years ago. Yes. So it's quite recent. Oh yeah. So at the time I was working in the music industry. Okay. Yeah. So then, so you're mm. doing you're doing the music. You do this is is this like a, this is like quite a peak of your achievements to be in this festival? Is it? It's quite it's quite a prestigious thing, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. I was not really expecting to go for the audition. I just tried my chance and I wasn't expecting two years <laughs> to be on it. Wow. So yeah. you performed at the festival, it's a, it's a day's festival, is it? Oh uh, yeah, it's about two days. It's two days, so you perform on each day? Yeah. Okay, so you have a piece amongst his jazz band? Yeah. Wow. So it was, um, it, it's called All Math Festival and it's a really big festival in London about jazz music. Okay. So you do that, and then at, at that time, so three, four years ago, are you in the computer games world at, at that time already? Uh, I work in the intersection of computer games and also music, because at the time I was um, doing an internship at Universal Music Group, and my role wasn't really... Um, it's totally separate from the fashion musician work, but in Universal Music Group I was doing um, some augmented reality games for the artist. Right. And because at the time Universal Music Group had an app called UView, where you can use your phone to, for example, scan an artist's album cover and unlock mini games. For okay. example, there's a game that we did for Keith where you can play. Um, so it's like a, a bit like a rock and roll kind of game. Okay. Yeah. And also we did some mini games for artists like Five Seconds of Summer where you can. So it's like a reskins Pac Man game. Okay. And also platformers where you can control each band member to fight off enemies. Right, right, right. And this, mm. these are all, are these augmented reality games, all of these? Uh, no, so some are augmented reality experiences and some of them are web games that you can just play on a browser. Okay, so um, so you got involved in that and how did you um, get involved in those? Through So you've got the, the music stuff going on, you're at this intersection of games and music and now you're deciding you want to go more towards... Towards games, yeah, at right. the end. So you all started, so while I was in university, I had real difficulty start deciding what I want to study because I, at the time I just felt like I like so many stuff. So eventually I chose to study a degree called Creative Computing, which gives you an option to also work in the industry for one year. Okay. And I was looking for um, just internships at the time. Yeah. And I applied to Universal Music Group and go team for Warfare Creative Internships. Okay. So that gave me the chance to first start working on some of the projects that they are doing. Wow. So that that um so for Universal that's quite I mean that must be quite a um you know, they only select a few people to yeah. do that internship. So they saw something in you and they thought we we want you. Yeah, I felt really lucky at the time as well. Okay. Yeah. So that was a was it a year's internship? Yes. And you got to work for for Universal for that whole year. Well, what kind of stuff were you doing there then? 
Yeah, so it's all kinds of stuff. So they had just set up this new digital team. Mm. So it's called Global Digital Innovation. And the role can vary from working on the UI and user experience design for the game they are doing to promote the musicians. Okay. Or it can also vary from writing documentation and training people to use the digital platform with the Universal Music Group and some web design as well. So okay. it's really varied. Okay. So did, did you pick up sort of proper programming skills there? Yeah, that's why I first, I mean, I started learning, I've always been learning programming in university, but that was the first time okay. I put it into a practice. Okay. Yeah. Did, did any of those products go commercial? Yeah, they did. So you can, so if you just, um, I can give you some web links later if you're interested. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but they're what, all life. What, mm. what sort of games, um, just for our listeners, what kind of games did you, did you put out there through Universal then? Yeah, so it's um, the Five Source game. So it's a series of mini games to promote Five Source new concerts. Okay. So it's called Five Source Two Dercom. Five Stores Two. Five Source Two Dercom. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of students get the chance mm-hmm. to put out commercial work so quickly. Yeah, I think that was also. Um, it was because at the time there was quite a lot of. Uh, opportunities going um, there's like a lot of buzz with the uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, and also games. Okay. In that time, so Universal Music Group was really keen to do some to try out more new things. Okay, so that that was four four years ago now, was it? Yes. So, so you did that year, and then after that point, um, obviously you've now started to become more rounded as a sort of a, a games maker, creator. Yeah. You've got all these skill sets. Where did you then sort of focus your efforts after that? Oh, so I, so in my time, I really enjoy going to game jams, and for me, that's the best time that I can um, just use the weekend to prototype to prototype something mm. and see if people like it and if good enough to be developed further. So I made quite a lot of small games in by going to game jams. Okay. And right now, I'm doing freelancing and contract work. Okay. Most of them are augmented reality related. I see. So are these games you've been commissioned to create for someone? Yeah. So they are mainly augmented reality app which is embedded by other people. So for example, quite recently I worked on a, so it's a, a prototype game for Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's an augmented reality treasure hunt game where you have to um, find and unlock different posters of your favorite Nickelodeon characters and right. you scan them to play a little minigame related to each character and you have to collect all of them to enter competitions and win prizes. Okay. So is, yeah. is it out now? Yeah, it is out now. Oh, wow. Were, mm. were you, uh, what sort of size team were you working on with this? Mm, yeah, so I think it's quite a small team. I would say about uh, five people. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean that's quite a big that's quite a big thing that you know you you're doing mm. this stuff for Nickelodeon and um and and, mm. and it's going out and it's already out there now. Yeah, and we are pushing it to multiple territories now. So I've just recently finalised some localization for the French market. Okay. Yeah, because but, we are localizing it into French. Right. Yeah, but, and possibly pushing it out to Belgium as well. Okay. So, I mean, this is just language changes, basically. Yeah. So I did the app in English first, and then I'm doing the localization to push to more territories. So it's live in multiple countries. Do you, do you speak French? No. Okay. I wish I could. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're getting out, you're doing the... So this is your current project? Yeah. Right. Okay. And this is stuff that you're... you're obviously, you're doing this, you're freelance, so you're doing this from home now. Yeah. 
Sometimes I have to travel to work. Okay, okay. So, um, you, um, but how did you go about getting into um, getting into someone like Nickelodeon? How does that work even come about? What have you pitched yourself somewhere? Have they found you or? Oh no, they work for our creative agency and it's a studio called Zapper, and they get a lot of client requests. And then as developers, we get assigned to this project. Ah right, okay. So it's like it's like um, an agency, effectively. Yeah. That then. Um, like a creative studio. A creative studio, and they the people with the the skill set that matches the project, they put those people forward, like yourself. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. So um, with the going back to the music stuff, um, so you would you do 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 you do any more band live band stuff? Was that is that that's gone now? Is it you don't do that anymore? Oh, well, technically, I'm still in. Um, I'm still in two bands, but one of my bandmates is in Poland, and another of my bandmates have moved out from London to Yorkshire. Okay. So it's like I'm in two virtual bands, but I'm not doing quite a lot of live stuff as I would like to. But now, um, because I listened to, I watched your YouTube show reel. The, the music on that, that's is that music you've done as well? Oh yeah, that is the music I composed. Oh, right. Okay. Because it's yeah. it's very kind of, you know, like. Um, absorbing spacey type of that kind of music that puts you into a certain frame of mind i imagine that that's your style then obviously yeah i quite, i think i quite like to try out different styles but i tend to gravitate towards more uh, very spacey and ambient music ambient that was a word i was looking for yeah yeah no it's, it's really nice stuff so um you uh, have you uh, basically put a lot of music to other games and stuff people commission you to do music for for their games yeah i have so i've been to so i have some friends who are also game developers and in our free time we've been working on some titles and i've been writing some game music for that as well okay it's, it's interesting because i know people who make games but i've everyone seems to sort of have a different mm. approach how do you go about making a track for a particular game what's your kind of what do you do? You go and sit in a room and meditate, and, and <laughs> then come out. And, mm. and what's your kind of way of putting a track together for it for a game? Uh, I think it's the most easy way is to because I think a lot of the game I worked on tends to have a storyline, so I like to think about the story and also the moods of a certain thing, and use that as a starting point to write a song. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you use the theme of the game to drive to drive the track when you're you're creating it. Yeah. Do you, do you sit down at a piano? Is that is that your starting point? Yeah, I definitely have to start with a piano because I know some people who can just compose by um, literally programming on their keyboard. Yeah. And I, I found that really difficult for myself to do. Okay. I feel like I need to have a certain melody first, and yes. then everything starts with a simple melody, and then I start, and then I move on to production. Okay. So who who mm. what kind of influences have you had sort of um, in in mm. terms of your style? Do you, do you have like band music influences or have you got like um games music influences where where does your inspiration come from i think i have quite a lot of influences like from um i definitely have a lot of influences from classical music okay. and also chinese folk music traditional chinese music okay and i listen to a lot of ambient and also dance as right. well as some heavy metal music even <laughs> Oh, you're into metal, are you? Yeah. Oh, who do you like? What oh, just really old bands like Guns N' Roses. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I listen to literally everything. 
So would I hear some mm. of those, if I listen to more of your music, would I hear like Guns N' Roses influence? Mm, possibly some really early work, yeah, because I was in a, I was in a rock band for a while when I first moved to London. Okay, okay. Everyone's yeah. been in a rock band. <laughs> yeah. Kind Nothing. of a, a rite of passage. <laughs> you have to, you have funny hair, mm. coloured hair. Yeah, I used to dye my hair red every few months or so. <laughs> but my hair is really dark, so it doesn't keep the colour very well. No, no. So I've no. just given up now. <laughs> Okay, no more red hair for you. Yeah. Sen- sensible corporate hair colour. Oh, uh, no, I think if I want to, I'll just wear a wig. It's just much easier. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, gee. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but like in my spare time, I try to do some cosplay as well for fun. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw the uh, Chun Li pictures. All oh, right. Yeah, that was, um, yeah. I dressed up Chun Li when I went to the Red Festival. Okay, okay. That, I mean, that was a good effort. It looked, it was a good costume. Oh, thanks. It was actually because I got to pick to, because in London every year we do this London Games Parade event. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to um, submit um, application and also photos to be selected as a cosplayer. And okay. the idea is that all the cosplayers um, gathered around in London that day and do a really big parade around the city. Okay, okay. So yeah, I was, I applied actually and got in. Oh, right. Yeah, because uh, did you make that costume mm. yourself? Oh no, I didn't. Okay, who yeah. who, who who did you get to do? Oh, I just bought it. Oh, you can buy it off the shelf. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Why shouldn't you be able to? <laughs> yeah, I think like even though I really like I'm really good at drawing, but I found it really hard to do sewing. I actually wanted to become a fashion designer at one point, but okay. it was because I I was just too bad at sewing stuff and doing the physical. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Yeah, no, so I decided I'm... to just go into making characters digitally rather than making the real thing. Yeah, you've got to go with your strength. <laughs> I can't sew either. I hate it. I hate sewing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just so tedious. It's very tedious and it requires very delicate finger work. Yeah. I don't have the fingers for it, personally. But your fingers are good for bloody piano. Well, people keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I feel like with a piano it's a different thing, but I'm naturally, I would consider myself quite a clumsy person. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um so you're doing uh, you've done the uh, music side of stuff and then the illustration side of stuff. So what yeah. what kind of artwork are you are you doing have you been involved in? Yeah, I really enjoy doing character work and creating my original character for my games. Okay. So you yeah. draw the characters for the games that yeah. you're commissioned for as well. Oh yeah, sometimes. Mostly I think most of my commission stuff is that I work with a 3D artist, but sometimes I do the 3D arc myself as well. Okay, the 3D arc? Yeah, the 3D arts, uh, the 3D model, and also... Oh. I didn't do the animation myself. Okay. Because your animation is such a... Um, like this discipline requires you to have a lot of knowledge. And usually, well, I just use motion captured sequence and apply the motion onto the model itself, instead of just animating everything by hand. It saves me so much time. Ah, oh, right, yeah. So, so in terms of the motion capture, does that mean you're making actual? Are you making actual models? Yeah. So I made the model, and then there was quite a lot of freely uh, available motion capture clips that you can use and apply to your model. Okay. Okay. So what? Yeah. What? Um. What's your kind of most? Um. Uh, the most significant bit of like art that you've done in the last few years? What? What? Yeah. Yeah, I would say my most significant three D art it would be. Um, it's a virtual reality dance game. 
and I made this very uh, anime-like character. Okay. Who's dancing in the thing. So the idea with the virtual reality game is that you have to use two different hand controllers to catch different floating musical spheres in time with the music. Right. And um, so that would be a 3D character dancing in the background. And that was the character I made. Was that the one on the showreel with the woman dancing? Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> that was that? Yeah. So is that is that out now as a, f- a f- completed game? Yeah, it's about to release this year. It's about what, sorry? It's about to release this year. Okay, okay. So, um, what, late, later? Yeah. Later in the year. Ah. Is, that, is that under your own label or is that some uh, another piece of work that you were commissioned for? Well, I was commissioned to do it for this mixed reality kit for smartphones called Zapworks. Okay. So the idea is that you would, um, so you would use your phone and convert it into a virtual reality headset and oh, you'll be able to play games with it. Okay, yes. Yeah, I've seen Yeah, that. and it comes with two little hand controllers that you can interact with the virtual world. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So, so you can can you, you buy that from the same company, or these these are they, no these would be third party things, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's very cool. So you've got you've got that coming out. Do you do any kind of uh, games that you you release sort of under your own? Label is it's all commissioned work that you do. Is that is that right? Yeah, it's mostly commissions for my for the stuff that I get paid for. But in my free uh, in my spare time, I've released a few um, quite small games in my game jams. Ah, oh, yeah, all the game jam stuff. Yeah. So where where do you get more pleasure from doing doing this game jam stuff or doing the the bits sort of like for Nickelodeon and all these companies that you do? Yeah, I think I enjoy doing um, the game jam stuff more just because it's more freedom. Yes, this yeah. is what I hear a lot. Yeah, because with the commercial games, you have a lot of constraints you have to work with. Mm. And we are working on your own stuff. Um, you you can just decide on everything. Yes. And it's just really fun in a game jam that you usually get a theme, which is usually quite loose and you can interpret it every way you like. And I, I don't just enjoy making my own game, but it's just really inspiring seeing how everyone is interpreting it in their own way and coming up with many different kinds of creative stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, so um, the VR because you're you're quite heavily in the VR world, then, aren't you? Yeah, mostly mobile VR. Okay, so I mean, is this as you see it, this is kind of your future, really. I suppose more VR than 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 non VR stuff. Would you, do you mm, think? I think I'm interested in both non VR and VR stuff. It's just that my commercial work seems to be quite heavily based in VR and AR at the moment, but I think there is always going to be a need for games which can be. Um, I think more accessible, just someone can play on their phone or on their PC. Okay. But this is, you, I mean, this is kind of like sort of the start of it right now. Yeah. Um, all the VR stuff out now is, is the, the start of, of this industry that's starting to, to boom as far as I see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, can, do, do you see how things will move down, down the road in terms of VR? What, what kind of changes do you see maybe coming up down the road? Yeah, I think it's looking very promising, but I think in order to be truly um, to be truly successful and really to truly take off, VR still needs to become more accessible for normal people. Because at the moment, the kind of VR games is very, it only works for very high-end mobile devices or mm. for PC. So for example, like Oculus Rift and HTC Vive, you need to be able to have quite a high-end computer and also buy the headset for it to work. And that's not what most people are going to do. I think most people are just going to be um, still playing on mobile games. Yes. Yeah, but I definitely think with VR, I think mobile VR has more promise than tethered VR, which is VR that requires you to have a PC and right. also a lot of wires. Yeah. I mean, I've mm. seen like in pubs and stuff, they now have a, a section and you can pay, I don't know, 
five pound for ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, I think that's um, yeah, that's an interesting way to go because、um, I'm surprised in the UK there's not much of a trend, but in China, the VR arcades are really taking off. Oh. Yeah, so the idea that I really think the true potential of VR would be in arcades where you play socially. Okay. And, yes. Yeah. So the idea that you would pay,、um, I think usually like about the ticket would be about five to ten pounds. It's really cheap, and then you go into the VR arcade and play as many games as you'd like. Okay. For a, for a, a, presumably a period of time, like for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because the hardware costs are quite expensive. Yeah. For the high end stuff.、Um, so I think by having an arcade, which requires you to、um, to just pay a fixed. So, so not that much money, but you can play it for a few hours, or even a whole day. That's、mm. going to make it much more accessible for people. Okay, so、um, I I still get a bit feel a bit sick when I play VR games. Yeah, headset. Can you、mm. play them yourself? It's interesting because I think I'm a bit different.、Um, to be honest, I have never really experienced what motion sickness is like. I think、right. I have like a really high tolerance and threshold than most people. Okay. Yeah, which makes me really bad for testing the VR games I'm developing. So I always have to rely on other people to test it and see if they get sick because I have never gotten sick in a VR game. Right, of and, course. Yeah, even while while I was in China, I went to this VR arcade and I tried this. Really, it's supposed to induce a lot of motion sickness because it's like a VR roller coaster. Okay. And it's on a mobile device as well. You and you are standing still, so that's going to make it really easy to trigger mo- motion sickness. And my friend got really sick, but I was totally fine. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Because I, I pl- what did、yeah. I play?、Um, I was a PlayStation racing game. Oh, okay. Yeah, racing games are always quite bad usually. Yeah, <laughs> but what what I found、mm. was because I I race motorbikes. Oh, that's we, really cool. Yeah. So when you brake on a motorbike. Yeah. You lurch forward because of the the force of the, of the braking. You,、yeah. you have to secure yourself in the bike. So when I was playing the PlayStation game, it was a, it was a track that I know from an English racing track. So、yeah. when I was braking, I was expecting to lurch forward, but you just stood in the seat. Yeah, I think that's what is that's what causes motion sickness. Yes. That when you when you do something in real life, you you expect the world in your vision to update to that motion, but it doesn't. It doesn't, no. Yeah, and that's a problem which causes it. So, so, so in in that context, really, you need some some sort of hardware which generates the force which makes you feel like you're actually breaking. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, there are really there are some startups which are looking into solutions for that. Oh really? And also, they are looking for physical feedback and even virtual reality spell, which is really niche. Virtual reality spell, smell. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Does、yeah. that exist now then? Uh yeah, I think I saw a campaign online. I don't know whether they've released it if a Kickstarter campaign. Okay. But I think quite interesting. So then you'll need a whole. I I could release it. <laughs> yeah, you need a virtual reality studio of everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that's a massive cost. Yeah, so I think it's only going to be for very small niche markets at the moment. So、oh. unless it gets cheaper. Yeah, yeah, which which wouldn't happen for a little while. So um, so what else is going on? You've got the、uh, illustration, the music, the programming. Oh, what what are you、uh, sort of? You you're so you're a hardcore coder as well. Yeah, that's what I get paid. That's my daily job. Yes. <laughs> To do the coding, what what do you what do you code in mainly? What's your so for games, I mainly use Unity and C sharp,、okay. and I use um in-house development software for my AR and VR stuff with、okay. JavaScripts. 
Right, okay. Yeah, and for my web development stuff, so if manage of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Okay. So do, do, are you still like uh, enjoying the coding aspect? Do you, do you still find, because obviously the music side and the art yeah. side, it's it's more sort of mm. in that, even though the programming is creative because you're creating something, those things are more... Uh, yeah, they are more... Um, yeah, they're more creative and fun. So I think programming is... Um, so the pleasure you get from programming is in a totally different way. For me, I get really, really... Uh, annoyed if something doesn't work, like it really bugs me. Oh, right. Okay. So with programming, it's usually like, uh, like if I'm stuck with this problem, like I feel like I really have to solve it. And if I haven't solved it, I feel really miserable. But after I solve the problem, it makes me feel really happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So do you just go do and draw that. something or write some music while you're waiting to try and get something to work? Uh, usually when I'm waiting for, for example, when I'm waiting for a software to compile, usually sometimes it takes a very long time, especially the first time you compile again. You wait for ages after you have fin you yeah. have to finish rendering everything. Of course, <laughs> and yeah. in that space of time, I just usually go off to yeah, do a dream or make some music. Okay. Yeah, okay. while it's compiling. <laughs> I really hate the progress bar. <laughs> I think everyone does. <laughs> so, what, what's your um, what are your kind of future plans mm. in 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 this industry? How do you see yourself kind of moving mm. forward? Yeah, I would really like to be you know, just become really good at what I do, okay. and ideally become very. I think I've always had like a really wide range of interest, and I would like to find a position which allows me to uh, maybe have a creative lead or a project. Okay. Yes. So you uh, so you never look at the business side of things. That's not your. It's not really what you're interested in. It's more the creative. Like you mm. wouldn't. Would you want to run your own software house or your own VR house or something like that? Mm, yeah, that's quite appealing. I feel like. Um, yeah, I'm quite interested in getting the production side of things as well because I really like to bring everyone together. Okay. And also, it's just um, it's really satisfying seeing that everyone's doing what they are best at to produce the best results. Okay. But I'm not sure about, like, I don't feel like I'm most qualified for doing the finances and that side of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, mm. That's the thing, when you're creative, that's, you know, that side of things is not really, it becomes less of interest. But the other things are really important to the finances, the marketing, and mm. the PR. Yeah, because yeah. you've got to get your stuff out there. Yeah, and it's something I would really like to, well, I don't, I don't know if I have enough time to really learn <laughs> all of the finance and marketing and PR stuff. So maybe it's best to find someone else to do it. It's always best yeah. to find someone else to do that stuff. I hate doing that stuff myself. Oh. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather just pay someone else to do it, and then you yeah. can get on with the creative stuff. Yeah, you only have limited energy anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so uh, do you think you're like in terms of London? How do you mm. find that as like a hub for? you know, all the work and all the things you want to do compared to, say, other countries. I, I know you've done quite a bit of travelling around. Yeah. Um, how do you find sort of London, the gaming scene, the gaming community? Yeah, I just really enjoy the... You've got a really, really vibrant gaming thing, both in, like, AAA, really big studios, and also the indie thing. Okay. And it's interesting compared to where I come from in China, where the indie thing is almost non-existent. Really? I think it's improving also like, with the launch of Steam and everything, but for mm. a very, very long time. It's just literally... Um, for an indie game, it doesn't really have much future, just okay. because... Yeah, in China, the market is totally dominated by massive over... Um, so it's like multiplayer games online. That's the only kind of game that really exists. In Chi so that's mm. their emphasis, China, multiplayer games. Yeah. So that's the big corporates 
basically that have developed these fo- these you know these uh, huge markets they've created out there. Yeah, and with the P figure and fifth job theory, um, I think it's just been really the bit of been dwindling over the years. Partly because the issue of piracy is quite bad as well. Oh, over there or over here? Oh,、uh, in China. Oh,、yeah. in China. Yeah,、oh, that's、right. partly the reason why. Okay, what? Why is piracy so so bad over there in particular?、Mm, I think just for historical reasons, and also for、um, the censorship has been quite bad for a very long time. It's improved now, but when I was younger, a lot of games got banned for really ridiculous reasons. Okay. So, for example, like even I think Football Manager got banned because Tibet was a country or something like that. Because what was the country? Oh, Tibet. Okay. Yeah. So they banned the whole game. So then、uh-huh. that caused people to pirate it.、Um, Did it? Yeah, because the only way to play the game is to pirate it. Is to pirate it. Okay. So now it's come become a tradition almost. So that yeah, that's the historical reason. But yeah, I think they are loosening. They are gradually loosening up on the digital censorship. Okay. Does、yeah. does、uh, what is China's sort of um a game a games an important thing to to kind of the Chinese government? Do they do they not care? Do they not take part in it? Oh well, I think well definitely. I think in every country, I would say that game is quite an important part of culture. Okay. But I feel like the traditionally the government have been just um thinking that it's a bad influence on the society. Oh really? Yeah.、Oh, that's interesting. So they think it's not good. Games aren't very good for kids and 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 whatever. Hmm. Because in my especially in my experience as a child growing up in school, so we got we were banned from playing computer games. Ah. And the internet cafes had a really strict age limit. Okay. Because I think officially the government think it's really bad for children to be playing games, but that's changing now. So. But okay, so they they're becoming more progressive. Yeah, which I mean, is really good to see. Right. From what I understand here,、um, just games aren't just taken very seriously at all. Oh, really? Yeah, in terms of you know, in terms of the, like the government getting behind, they, you know, it's just entertainment. They don't、mm. really see it, but、uh, so it's a it's a different way that they 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 have no interest in in the games. Whereas in in China, like I said, they thought it was harmful. Yeah, so it's a totally negative outlook. But、yes. I think if、um, but I think to be positive, I think. Um, the government are、um, catching up and moving on. So, if, for example, the London Games Festival was really,、um, it was helped by the government. Right. Yeah, yes.、Know. Yes. 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 Yeah. So it's good, and it's also good to see more government funding for indie games. Yeah. Oh, there is more funding over here. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So, so government are, are are putting more money into independent developers, getting their games out there. Yeah, they should be doing this as well. Yeah.、Oh, okay. Are you saying they should be or they are?、Uh, I think they are doing that. It should they should continue doing this trend. Oh, okay.、Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's、mm. a good sign. That's a great sign. Yeah. Hmm. Good. Well, look. Um. How if if people want to get hold of you,、uh, what's the best place to contact you via your website or? or? Yeah, I'm on pretty much everything. So contact me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email. Okay. Whatever. whatever. That's、mm. cool. I'll put those details in in your description. Okay, on, on great. Your SoundCloud page. Well, look. Thanks for coming down today. I always、All、shake、right. everyone's hand after the podcast. Nice talking、um, to you. It sounds、um, like you're doing some amazing work. So、um, I would encourage everyone to check out Jing's work out there.、Um, and、uh, yeah, th- thanks very much for coming in. No problem. That was Jing Tan. She can be contacted for work via the、uh, the details that I put 
I'll put them on the SoundCloud page and the uh, iTunes page so you can get in touch with her via that. If you want to come on the podcast because you're, you're in the industry and you, and you do stuff and you're, you're making things happen, I'd love to talk to you. You can find me via my website, fatcomedian.com. But other than that, I will be back next week with someone else from the games industry. Enjoy your week until then.